0: And welcome to this episode of Patriots Beat. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. And boy, oh boy, what, what a week this has been for the New England Patriots. I'm pretty hype. So we're gonna get you through some of the big additions that the Patriots brought onto their team this week. We'll also go kind of around the NFL to see what else has been going on. But boy oh boy, Patriots fans, let's all let's all take one, ready, ready, we'll do it together. Ready? Breathe in and breathe out. They did it, guys. They made the free agent acquisition that everyone was waiting for. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. You ready? Here here it comes. The Patriots will have a top three defense in the NFL next year. Why? Because they just acquired, in my opinion, one of the best defensive tackles in the entire NFL for nothing. And that man's name is Marcus Kuhn. No, I'm, t- I'm just kidding. But no, that, that, the guy I'm talking about, obviously, is Terrence Knighton. They bring in Terrence Knighton on a one-year contract. I think the maximum amount of money was like $4.8 million. It's just something so low, but like, look at look at their defensive line. Ready? How do you run on this defensive line that it's, Rob Ninkovich, Chris Long, Alan Brantz, Terrence Knighton, Chris Jones, Joe Volano, Malcolm Brown, Dominic Easley, Frank Curse, Marcus Kuhn, Jabal Shear, Geno Grissom, and Trey Flowers, not to mention Donta Hightower, Shane McClellan, and Jamie Collins. How how do you run on that defense? Where, where are you going to go? Like You're not... What, like they, I seriously think the Patriots this year are going to have probably the best run defense in the NFL, if not a top three run defense. What people were freaking out this off season about like, Oh, who are the Patriots going to pick up? Are they going to pick up? Nobody like they usually do, but like every year they pick up those couple of guys that just turn the tide. You know, last year they picked up like Jonathan Freeney who ended up being good depth off the bench. Uh, they re picked up uh, Patrick Chung, who's really good. They traded for Justin Coleman, all three, all four guys who ended up being big parts of their team. But this year, this year, those guys are, like, are like big-time NFL names. Like, people forget. I, I uh, Terrence Knighton, a couple years ago, was easily one of the best defensive tackles in football. Like, I know he was having his weight problems when he was on the Broncos, but Rose destroyed the Patriots in, in the AFC Championship game, if anyone remembers. He sacked Brady twice. He was in his face all day. I think he was one of the main reasons they ended up trading Logan Mankins. Like, Terrence Knighton was an absolute force. Then he goes to the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins kind of redskin him. And he kind of has a trash season. He has weight problems, whatever. But, I mean, you look at the transcripts of the interview that he had with the, with the Patriots beat people. I mean, the guy's motivated. He's, he's back in New England with guys from Connecticut. He's a Boston sports fan. He talked to Vince Wolfork before signing. Like, Terrence Knighton seems incredibly motivated to make to help this team win. And I think if you're a Patriots fan, that's what you need to see with any sort of incoming free agent, because we've seen guys they picked up in the past have a little bit of a problem wanting to have that kind of extra oomph to win a Super Bowl, you know, especially at Daly's Thomas. But, I mean, Terrence Knighton is one hell of a free agent signing for nothing. One, like, A one-year deal for Terrence Knighton. I, I have a phrase. Excuse me, not a phrase, but a, more of a saying. Defensive players on contract years, are superstars. All of them. All of them are. Which is why I was so upset when they traded Chandler Jones this year, because Chandler Jones on a contract season is going to end up with like 18 sacks for one season and then never do it again. But you get that season of 18 sacks before he leaves. Terrence Knighton, even though he'll just be in a rotation role, has every inclination to do well. Because So if he does well, He'll get another big, fat contract like he's been looking for the past two off-seasons. He'll get to go whatever team he wants. He'll get to just kind of play out the rest of his NFL career, rich, fat, and happy. But if he doesn't do well, he's going to be out of the NFL. No one's going to want to sign Terrence Knighton to do anything except sit on the bench or maybe be a Donald Brown-esque veteran signing. Like, this is a big year for Terrence Knighton. This is a make-or-break year for the second half of his, of his career. If he comes in, poses a threat to Alan Branch for that starting D-tackle job or for even someone like Malcolm Brown while Dominic Easley gets healthy. What would stop a team next season from signing Terrence Knighton to a big con? Not, not Malik, Jackson big, but a three-year, $28 million contract is still possible for someone like Terrence Knighton who's still pretty young at the age of, I believe, 27 or 28. So, I don't know. Terrence Knighton is a fantastic addition. Uh, Marcus Kuhn, um, my roommate uh, is a is a Giants fan, and when they signed Marcus Kuhn, he really liked the signing, but like, I, it's just kind of more depth. I'd be kind of surprised if they kept Marcus Kuhn, because that means they would keep eight defensive tackles on the team, crediting they keep both Frank Kurse and Joe Volano and Chris Jones, which I think out of Curse, Kuhn, Jones, and Villano, they'll probably keep two, but still, that's six defensive tackles. Branch, Brown, Knighton, Knighton, Curse, and Kuhn is who I think they'll end up keeping. So six defensive tackles to go along with probably three defensive ends each. That's a lot. That's a ton of defensive linemen. But, I mean, with with how many injuries they had last season, I think they're going to be fine. The amount of depth that's on this team is unbelievable. I think that Bill, I think that this has been one of Bill Belichick's best off-seasons ever. He identified what problems they had. I know people wanted running backs. I know people wanted wide receivers. But they went out. They got their extra weapon with Martellus Bennett. They got their. They got de- a lot of depth on defense. They bring in kind of a stud up front to help to help with run defense when everyone starts getting injured, uh, uh, inevitably. Excuse me. And they replace Chandler Jones. Like what else? If you're a Patriots fan, I'd really love to know. Like, tweet at me at SportsTeen What other things? Would you want the Patriots to have brought to sign this offseason? The only argument I could have heard was maybe a running back or a wide receiver. But like, who would like Mohamed Sanu? You you want to pay $9 million for Mohamed Sanu? You, you want to pay $12 million for Marvin Jones? Like, I I I like I get it that like people want those players because they're super talented. But you have to, you know, it's cost versus value to their to your team. How much is he actually going to bring to the table for your organization? So, I think that the guys they brought in were all on great prices. I, like, I know I sound like a huge homer here. But, like, even, even all the NFL guys. I think Sporting News wrote, like, two articles this week about how great the Patriots did in free agents this season. So, and I think they had to. You know, they don't have a first-round pick. And I, I do not. Let me make this very clear. I do not think... It is a coincidence at all that the Patriots are all of a sudden signing all these former number one picks. I don't, I, that is not a a uh, a mystery to me at all. I think that bringing someone like Chris Long is perfect for this team. Another guy who takes a tiny contract to come play with the Patriots. Uh, we'll we we'll ask Shalise Manziel Young about that later when she eventually uh, calls in. But I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, like how do you complain? With, with this offseason. Martellus Bennett, Terrace Knighton, Frank Kurtz, Marcus Kuhn, Shay McClellan. Like, c- come on. We- there's Chris Long. With with Geno Grissom and Trey Flowers both not having huge roles last year, basically being free agent acquisitions in their own right with how much they're going to bring to the table next season. I I don't know, Patriots fans. I think, I think we as a community complain a teeny bit too much when in fact our team does so much more with so little, I think if we all go read what Bill Belichick said at the uh, conference a couple weeks, uh, a couple days ago, excuse me, um, where he you know he called Tom Brady the best of all time. He said that the the reason the Patriots are so good is because they do things that are a little, what would he say? I think like out of the ordinary. They do things a little bit differently than everyone else, and I think that's what's made them so good over the past couple or over the past decade and a half. They just do differently. They like, do you want them to really sign? Like what the, the what the Dolphins did, you want them to bring Nedum On a huge contract? Sure, you say you do, but at the end of the day, you don't, because you know the baggage that comes with those guys. I don't know. I think this was a I think this was a fantastic week for the New England Patriots. I think that they I I really do think unbiased as unbiased as I seriously can possibly be, even as the the host. Of the Patriots beat podcast here on CLNS Radio, like what what is stopping? This is the best team in the AFC. I, th- I think that's fa- I think that's pretty fair to say this is the best team in the AFC, and I'd even go I'd even go farther far enough to say that this is the best team in the NFL. I mean, the with the offense now, like uh, I brought this up with uh, Tom little late in our show. He's going to be coming back in to be our CLNS correspondent. I'll bring this up with him also. I mean, how do you how do you stop this offense? Martellus Bennett, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, and then, oh, Rob Gronkowski, Deion Lewis coming back from an ACL tear. That's six targets that if you double-team any of them, everyone else is going to destroy you. And sure, my one my one worry, I, I'm not worried that they don't have a deep threat because Patriots fans have been obsessed with getting a deep threat for years since Randy Moss has left, but... What well, I'm a little worried that they don't have, I'm worried that they don't have a top-of-the-line running back. I think they need a first or second down running back just so they can have the illusion of maybe running the ball. Not so that, you know, they can do some interesting thing with some with some cool packages. Because, you know, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with everyone at Patriot Nation. This is this is the year. I really this is this is the Patriots year to get, I think to get their last Super Bowl in the Brady Belichick era. Because after this season. I think Matt Patricia's gone. I think he's going to get a head coaching job with, with this defense. I think I think Josh McDaniels is gone. I think he's going to start getting, um, excuse me, I think he's going to get a head coaching offer somewhere else too. And to be perfectly honest, guys, you know, Tom Brady's entering his 38-39 season. And as sacrilegious as this is to say, maybe this is the season. Or maybe this is the last season before we start seeing a little bit of a uh, of uh, I guess degrading on Tom Brady's part, if we see a little bit of aging on his part, maybe this is the season. So if you're the if you're the Patriots, you have to go into this thinking, okay, this is our last year to not make a run, but to be the best team in the NFL and to really just dominate the headlines. This is that year, and I think Bill Belichick has really acknowledged it too, bringing in a lot of these. Older guys on, one, on one-year on one deals. You don't see up-and-coming teams sign veterans to one-year deals. You see them sign veterans like what the Raiders did with Justin Tuck a couple years ago, bring them in on three-year contracts. Chris Long's on a one-year deal. That that should be a key to anyone as to what they're trying to do this year. Chris, Chris Long probably wants a Super Bowl before he fades off into the sunset with a one more big contract. Terrence Knighton's the same exact way. So this is kind of you know, with a lot of young defender, defenders coming up on contract seasons, like this is this is the year before you kinda have to take that next step as an organization and start doling out big time money to your next generation of players. So, you know, with the team they have this year, with the talent they have coming back, they you know, the only person that's really coming back from any sort of career threatening injury, I suppose, was Dion Lewis with that torn ACL, but I mean, we—if we, you—if any, anyone's been following his Snapchat story, they've seen that he's really been working hard to try to get back to shape and get back into the form for this season. But, I mean, th- this is it, guys. You, the your Patriots beat host Harris Rubicine, I, in my opinion, this is the year. You know, the the NFL. You know, I think the Seahawks are going to have a down year because I think they—I think their offensive line is absolutely abysmal. I think they have no one to throw the ball to outside of Doug Baldwin because I don't think Jimmy Graham's going to be the same. Like, the Cardinals are going to be good. I think it'll end up being Patriots-Cardinals. I think the Packers are going to have a little bit of a down year again. I think the Broncos are going to, honestly, I don't, I really don't think the Broncos are going to be that good next year. I really don't believe in Mark Sanchez. Um, I Like, the Bills, the, the Bills, for some reason, still don't think that Tyrod Taylor is a viable NFL quarterback, which he showed last year he is. I don't believe in the Miami Dolphins doing anything good ever because I think low-key... I think, I think Patriots fans have acknowledged this more than anyone else. I think low-key, the Miami Dolphins, are one of the five worst-run organizations in football. And the Jets, I mean, I, I, think, I think all Patriots fans can kind of look at where the Jets are and just smile. Let, let me put it this way. The New York Jets are probably the saddest NFL franchise right now. Because last year, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. The Jets were a much better team last year than they were in years past. They almost made the playoffs. They beat the, they beat the Patriots fair and square in that second-to-last game of the year. Injuries aside, whatever. They beat us. But this offseason, they try to play pickle with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And in the process of playing pickle to try to get their quarterback back, they asked to Brickishaw Ferguson. Their starting left tackle of 12 seasons to take a pay cut so they can re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. And do you know what DeBrigashaw Ferguson does instead of taking a pay cut? He retires. So the Jets, by not re-signing their quarterback, force out one of their franchise leaders and one of the guys that stuck with that team through all the crappy seasons, through Mark Sanchez, through everything, and they run him out of town so they can bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick. They, they don't trade Muhammad Wilkerson, because they probably should, because they're not going to be able to re-sign him, to maybe re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. They don't they don't try to trade away any anyone, but instead they ask one of their best offensive linemen to take a pay cut and run him out of town. Now, now that's not to say that the Patriots have not done things like that in the past, because they have, they did that to Logan Mankins, they asked him to take a pay cut, he didn't, and they shipped him out to Tampa. But the Patriots did not do it in order to bring back a guy that they should have brought back in the first place. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the starting quarterback for the, for the New York Jets. Let's, let's not make that mistake. I'm not rooting for the New York Jets. But I think any viable football fan can admit that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great season last year, and him and Brandon Marshall have good enough chemistry that you do whatever you can to bring him back. But that does not include running DeBrickashaw Ferguson out of town. That would have been like the Patriots running uh, running Matt Light out of town in order to re-sign, I don't know, like Randy Moss. Like, sure, Randy Moss is a great player. But you don't run Matt Light out of town in order to bring Randy Moss back. I, I know the, the timing of it's off. I'm just using a random example. But... I don't know. I, I think you, the Jets should be ashamed of themselves for, for doing that to DeBrick and Shaw Ferguson, who's done so much for that franchise and so much for that team. But outside the point of the New York Jets being kind of pathetic, good for the New England Patriots this offseason for how great of signings that they really had. I know I sound like such a huge homer. I apologize. But I think, I think it's fair that when the Patriots do something good, we can commend them for doing something good. And they did something good. They really did. They did a lot of good things this offseason. And going into the draft with no first-round pick, they got done what they needed to get done. Instead of having that first-round pick, they brought in guys who can replicate what a first-round pick statistically would do. They moneyballed it really well. And I think that I think they absolutely nailed for agency. So good on the Patriots. But now, we are going to... Welcome in Shalice Manzi Young on the Seat Geek CLNS radio hotline. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I just used it the other day to look for tickets for the Bruins game where they finally took down the Detroit Red Wings. But SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set up alerts for upcoming events and SeatGeek will let you know if ticket prices fall. So listeners of CLNS radio get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and Enter the promo code CELTICSBEAT, C-E-L-T-I-C-S-B-E-A-T, no space, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. It's a great deal, so go download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT today. And on that note, we welcome in good friend of the show, Shalice Manzi-Young. So, like I said, Terrence Knighton, you know, more known for his weight the past couple of years and his actual football ability, but what do you think he can bring to the table for the Patriots?
1: You know, I think... Um, I think he's just going to help the defensive rotation. They were really young there last year. Uh, obviously, they had Malcolm Brown, who was a rookie. Dominique Easley. I don't know that you can count on him at this point um, because of you know his knees, and he's had to had his season cut short the last couple of years. So I think you know Knighton is just he obviously wants to be here. Uh, it sounds like he took less money to come to the Patriots than what he had offered from um, other clubs. And I think he's just—he's going to help with the rotation. The Patriots like doing it that way. Belichick likes cycling guys in and out based on their strength, and Knighton certainly can do that. I mean, he, he still can play at a high level. It's interesting that he's been on so many teams in such a short amount of time. I haven't heard anything about him being a really bad locker room guy. Usually, that's, um usually when guys do bounce around a lot, it's because you know, character-wise, they're really tough to deal with. But I haven't really heard those things about him, so it's interesting that he's been on so many different teams, but, you know, helping in the middle and helping against the run, and that's something that we saw they had some problems with at times last year.
0: Do you think it's like a weight thing with him? Like, do you think teams have concern over that?
1: It could be. I mean, he has. He admitted yesterday, um, I read the transcript he met with local media, and he admitted that he does have a weight clause in his contract with the Patriots, so... That could be part of it. I know for some guys that's a really hard thing. Um, but, yeah, he's he's going to have to earn it a little bit, you know, just keep everything in check for the Patriots.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one interesting thing that I've also noticed over the past couple of free agents that they've signed, or especially with Chris Long and Knighton, like their contracts were tiny. Is, do, do you think it's just because they want to win, or like what, what do you think their reasoning is behind it? Was their free agent market just not good?
1: Yeah, I think it's multiple things. I think for sure, um, you know, especially a guy like Chris Long. I mean, I don't even think he's had a 500 season since he's been in the NFL playing for the Rams and possibly the most overrated coach in NFL history in Jeff Fisher. Agreed. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think for him, um, certainly winning plays a role um, I think you know the Patriots have cachet there's enough guys who have been through here now that you know if you're a veteran guy you can talk to current teammates former teammates guys that you know and talk them about what it's really like in New England and if you feel like you can handle that and you want to win that's a good place the other thing I think that's happening is outside of the first couple of days and a few really big name guys we haven't seen a ton of money being thrown around it's it's one of the things about the CBA that when it was first passed and they instituted the rookie um, the rookie pay scale, what we heard was, oh, the rookie pay scale means the veterans are all going to cash in now. And you don't really see that, not across the board. You really see it, like I said, with the few big, big names every year. You know, the Indomican Sues last year, this year, um, one or two players got that kind of big money. But by and large, you know, you you get what you get, and whatever is on the table for you, if you want to accept it, you accept
0: it. And, you know, the one interesting thing that they're doing, you know, obviously, you know, Trey Chandler-Jones, they don't have that, I guess, 15-sack kind of guy. But in a way, you also you need someone on your defense that can really do that. But they, they have a lot of rotational guys. Do you think they'll have someone this year that'll step up? Do you think it will be like a Sheard, maybe one of the
1: younger guys, like a Trey Flowers? Yeah, I think I think Sheard certainly is a, a guy like that. The other thing is the Patriots don't do that as much. They don't purely pass rush to, for the for the sake of getting to the quarterback. They don't have, you know, it's not really that often that they just let guys pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. It's, it's just not how their defense goes. So, you know, I think the the fifteen sack number type of stuff is a little misleading just because. That's not necessarily what they're looking for their guys to do. But I think certainly Sheard, I think Chris Long, um, possibly Flowers, maybe Grissom. I'm not sure how he's coming along. Another guy they drafted last year. So they have the numbers. Um, It's just a matter of who can do it. And a guy like Jamie Collins, sometimes he gets into the backfield as well.
0: So one interesting thing, I think the biggest story that we saw yesterday kind of come out of sports was – you know, A.J. Tarpley, the linebacker for the Bills, retiring because he had his third and fourth concussion. And this kind of goes along. You know, Anthony, uh, I think it was Anthony Davis did it on the 49ers. We obviously saw the uh, linebacker for the 49ers, whose name escapes me. He did it as well. Chris Borland. Chris yep, Borland, Chris right. Borland. Yep. Do you think that'll be a consistent trend we start seeing in the NFL? Do you think it'll be something that might even hit home with the Patriots?
1: Yeah, I think certainly um – you are going to start seeing, I think you've seen it more and more. If you look at the guys who retired, who officially retired this year, a good bulk of them were either not quite 30 yet or just around 30. Um, And you're not seeing as many guys trying to hold on as long as possible for that, you know, for a string of one year deals that pay them. Yeah. They pay them 860 grand, but once all of the taxes and, you know, union dues and all that stuff comes out. It's not really as much money um, as it looks like it is on paper. So I think, I think you are going to start seeing this more and more. I think, I don't, I don't know that I'm at a point yet where I can say football's in a crisis and the NFL's in a crisis, but these players are starting to become really aware of what football can do to them. And they value they you know they hold value in the fact that when they get to be 45 or 55 or 65 they want to be aware of what's going on in their lives they don't want to have dementia and depression and and you know the early stages of cte that that you hear from these players having and and there's also other physical issues that they all come up with you know having to have hips replaced and knees replaced and their hands you know are constantly in pain and things like that so you know, I don't I don't blame them. I think for as much as people, a lot of us, you know, look at them and say, oh, I'd love to play in the NFL, you don't really understand the physical toll that it takes on these guys. And it's not just that they're playing in the NFL for eight years, it's that they played four years of college ball before that, and they played four years of high school ball before that. And along the way, their body has just accumulated so many hits, and they're asking their body to do things that human bodies really aren't meant to do. And when you're you're in a league where, you know, the league won't guarantee contracts and the union hasn't yet fought to get guaranteed contracts. It's not really worth it, you know, I think, for some of these guys.
0: Do you you know if there's anything the Patriots have done to try to, I guess, smooth things out on their end with, you know, the whole concussion issue? Are they doing anything special other teams aren't?
1: No, not that I know of. Um, You know, there was a a few years ago – there were stories that circulated, and, and talked to guys about special mouth guards that they were wearing, that were developed by um, like an orthodontist dentist man in the New England area, that they were proven to help, but not that I know of. I don't think they do anything above and beyond. They do the standard, you know, having the um, independent neurologists, and they once they enter concussion protocol, it's supposed to be pretty strict on. the the steps that they have to take before they're allowed back on the practice field and then onto the game field again. So, you know, it's, it's tough. We see every year, a couple of, of guys, Dan Connolly retired last year and I would say concussions played a big role in why he ended up retiring because he, he had, I think off the top of my head, I can remember at least three in the time that he was with the Patriots. So, you know, that's, it's, it's a lot. And especially when you have kids and, you know, you want to be there for them, and granted, financially, you're helping your family and your children. But you, it's there's nothing that can replace your physical presence with your children, and to be able to to be there for them and interact with them, and you know, I think for a lot of guys, that's the trade off.
0: Mm-hmm. So, la- last thing before we uh, we do let you go, you know, drafts coming up. You know, we I saw I saw a weird thing on Twitter yesterday that uh, LeGarrette Blunt was at a. Uh, was at Foxborough, doing whatever. And, you know, it seems that the Patriots are still making moves. Do you think that with, you know, a couple weeks left until the draft, I think we're just under a month, do you see any big moves or do you think they're just going to kind of settle until the draft?
1: Um, I don't foresee them. You know, they're always good at getting these second-wave, third-wave guys who can help on special teams and things like that. Um, But they also, I think their roster right now is, at like 75, 76 players and you can't your offseason limit is ninety. So, you know, once you account the number of draft picks they have, they're obviously gonna bring in a couple of undrafted rookies like they do every year. So you may actually see one or two guys get cut to make room for some promising young players. So they're they're not close to the roster limit, but they're at a place I think right now where they'll they'll they probably will stand pat because, you know, like I said, their draft class I think will be big and then there's always those undrafted rookies you want to bring in because you might find another Malcolm Butler in the bunch.
0: Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Shalise. Thanks a lot. All right, Harris. Welcome back to Patriots Beat Podcast. Glad to bring back our CLNS contributor, Tom Little, to kind of help us go through some of this Patriots news that we've gotten in. Tom, how are you doing today?
2: You know, I'm doing great. The Patriots made some great signings, and I'm excited.
0: Yo, this as I said before early in the episode, I spent about 10 minutes just, like, Freaking out over how incredible the Pats' defense is going to be this year. Most notably, we talked about this with uh, Shalice this week, but this Terrence Knighton coming in to like help this team is huge. Because if you remember him from like two years ago when he was on the Broncos, he was arguably like probably one of the best defensive tackles
2: in football, right? Yeah, no, Terrence Knighton was, was fantastic. It, some might argue it was a product of that Denver defense, which at the time. Had just added Aqib Tlaib, just added TJ Ward, just added DeMarcus Ware. So some might say, oh, it's because he was in an already great defense. But the Patriots have an already great defense, so Terrence Knighton should be able to help. You might say, oh, well, no more Chandler Jones, so Terrence Knighton might command some more double teams than he would have if Jones was still there. But Potros, great signing for the Patriots. It it's gonna be great. I mean, the, my main thing with him, and I think if you look at the entire Patriots defense, I also mentioned this earlier
0: in the show, how much depth they have on that defensive tackle spot. They just signed uh, Marcus Kuhn, former Giant. You know, uh, geez, his first language isn't even English. He's actually a German guy. So I guess him and Sebastian Vollmer can uh, throw some Deutschland around the uh, around the old locker room. But I don't know. I mean, their defensive line is absolutely stacked. It's fantastic. You thought Knighton, so it's Knighton Brown, Easley, Coon, Frank. They got that Frank Curse guy also from Washington. Like, they like they, they don't even need Knighton. Like he's he's one of those. Uh, he was like what Dion Lewis was last year. He's a uh, what's the what's the word? Something of riches. No, uh, oh, uh, oh, I forget the word. Par- uh, not parody. Starts with the P. I forget the word. Either way, it's a. a they don't need him at all. So I think it's, I think it's stunning that they got, and for the contract they did, it was like, what? Like one for like, I think a maximum of $4 million. Come on. exactly And
2: you look at the rest of that line too. You're not even mentioning uh, Rob Nankiewicz or Jabal Sheard on the ends. And they're great players too. The middle's going to be solid. The outside's going to be solid. Oh yeah. Especially with Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower in the linebacker spots as Mm -hmm. well. Rushing the passer. The Patriots had a great pass rush last season. You lose your best pass rusher, it's questionable, but they're making up for it, and that trade is starting to make even more sense right now than it did when it first happened.
0: Yeah, like, good luck running on the Patriots this year. Like, seriously, like, like re- seriously, they might have, I-, I think they'll have probably the second or third best run defense in the NFL next year. Yeah. I think I think that's a pretty easy, you know, pretty easy pr- uh, prediction to make. But anyway, moving on from Terrence Knighton, let's look around the NFL, because I-, I love talking around the NFL with you, Tom, because... You know, last week, we we talked a lot about RG3 going to the Browns, talked about who our favorite uh, free agent uh, signings were. Uh, So now, I guess the big news this week was the almost trade of Colin Kaepernick to the Denver Broncos, which apparently fell flat in his face because the Denver Broncos weren't willing to pay like $4 million, which is ridiculous that, I mean, they, they are, I don't know if they're cap struck, like, I don't know if they're like way up against the cap when it comes to numbers, but like... I mean, it's, it's either him or Mark Sanchez. So, like, I ask you this, Tom. Is Colin Kaepernick $4 million better than Mark Sanchez?
2: Absolutely. I think Colin Kaepernick oh. is better than Mark Sanchez. I mean, I think that just because Kaepernick is better at running, I think Mark Sanchez might take care of the ball a little bit better, but Kaepernick makes up for it with a better arm. You have to think that with a defense like Denver has, Mark Sanchez has led teams mm-hmm. to the playoffs with strong defenses as well. So has Kaepernick, though. So both of them are kind of the same thing. Last year Kaepernick fell off because of the weak defense. But uh, I Kaepernick think,
0: fell off way more, way more than just because of the defense. He fell off because he was just awful. He was so he bad was last awful, year.
2: But he also A- had gorgeous. more He also had more pressure on him last year because he lost ah. Frank Gore and because and, the defense and Anthony. was not. The, as they, good. Their
0: offensive line was also pretty weak. But like we saw we saw Colin Kaepernick last year. I remember him the first couple years after he took over from Alex Smith. Like, people forget, Colin Kaepernick was a hell of a good quarterback. The man could throw, man could run, he he could play it short, he could do draw plays, he could do play action. He, he lost could, his weapons. That's so as simple, simple as sick. that. He well, lost his he weapons. But he didn't, though. He still, had, he still had Vernon Davis before they traded him. They still and had Torrey Vernon Smith. Davis. They still had Anquan Bolden. They still had three guys that he could still easily throw to. The guy had more interceptions than touchdowns after you're five sti- games.
2: You're still naming aging players that are not able to contribute the ah. same way that they did when he took over for Alex I, Smith. I,
0: I think that people – I'm a big Colin Kaepernick believer. I really think that he just had a down year. I think that this year he's going to come back with a vengeance because I really do believe that some of these guys in the NFL – once you start challenging their livelihood and once you start challenging like their way of life, that's when you show that's when they show you what kind of player they are. And I really do think that Colin Kaepernick is desperate to hold on to that celebrity status enough that he knows he needs to play good football in order to keep that kind of stuff he wants.
2: I also think I just wanna make this clear. Right, I, I do, do Donovan, think that okay. he is better than Mark Sanchez. Absolutely. I think he's more talented. I wanna get that out of there. Yeah, that's easy. But I think that Chip Kelly coming in, he fits Chip Kelly's system, probably the best of any available quarterback oh, sure. that the 49ers could get. I don't know why this trade was even on the table. The 49ers, who would they start? Blaine Gabbert? Well, I think I think the, the whole... Jacksonville Jaguars Blaine Gabbert that bust. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. I know he won a couple games for the well, 49ers last year, but Blaine Gabbert. Well,
0: if you're the 49ers, what? Like I know this, well, we'll get back to the Patriots in a second. And know we'll kind of move towards the Broncos, but like, if you're the 49ers, you have to get rid of Kaepernick at this point. Like what, what what you're so you're just gonna keep a quarterback on your roster that makes as much money as he does, but like who else like, they have no one else in on their team. They're they're the prime example. They, do you know what? Do you know who I relate the San Francisco 49ers to the team last year? They're the Miami Dolphins. They just they have talent somewhere, but in reality, they need to just kind of blow it up and start over because it's clear that whatever they're doing is just not working. Like, the 49ers aren't working. And the same thing with the Broncos. Like, I I know the Broncos are trying to keep this team together as much as they possibly can. But the only problem is they don't. They, like, Demarius Thomas, we've seen, we saw last year is just. I, I still don't think he's the wide receiver that people think he is. I know he puts up good stats, but if one push comes to shove, I, I really don't want Demarius Thomas on my team.
2: I think Manny Sanders is better than Demarius I, I Thomas.
0: I, I think that them bringing back CJ Anderson is a big, big thing for them. But at the same time, like, do they really think like I I love John Elway. I really do think John Elway's done a fantastic job with this football team. But with their football team, but is is Mark Sanchez going to lead you to another Super Bowl? Hell no. Mark Sanchez isn't going to no Super Bowl in Denver. Come on. I know their defense is good, but like think think about it this way. What was the why did the why were the Broncos better than the Patriots
2: last year? The Broncos were better than the Patriots because of the defense, but, but they still had Peyton Manning, a championship caliber quarterback who Yes, he was old, he was falling off, but he could win games, and the defense kept it close. You
0: have to score points. And, like, I know Mark Sanchez, like, the last time we saw him start with Philly, he was like, okay, I guess. But, like, this Denver team, they're not going to beat the Patriots. If if, the, if Denver goes into Foxborough with Mark Sanchez as their starting quarterback, with the new additions that the Patriots have made to their defense, they're going to get plastered. They're going to get run over. And it's 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 like it's gonna be one of the, it's gonna be like the game that they played against Indy. I know the defense is still good, but like they lost Malik Jackson. They you know the Demarcus Ware has another year of aging. We don't know if he's gonna be able to play another full season. Uh, I'm a little scared of Von Miller because this is a contract season. I'm always afraid of defensive players on contract seasons. But they lost they lost Danny Trevathan, their best middle linebacker. I don't think Brandon Marshall is that good. I think he's gone too. I could be wrong, but all they have are like two corners, a safety, and Von Miller. I I don't know. I, I think that this Denver team is going to be a lot worse than people think this year. I really do think that the Patriots have taken oh, up the leg. on this I do think
2: that the, that the Broncos are going to be worse than people are giving them credit for. I honestly think, I think I said this last time, I honestly think the Oakland Raiders are going to win the AFC West. Yeah, we said the last time. I, I love the Raiders. They've got Khalil Mack, Derek Carr, just Amari Cooper, three great young players. They're going to take the AFC by storm, but the Denver Broncos—they're not as good as people are giving them credit. The defense is falling off. They might be able to squeeze out a playoff spot. I don't think Mark Sanchez is good enough because he's not mentally tough enough as to where Peyton Manning was. Peyton Manning was mentally tough. He knew what to do. If yeah, he, he couldn't do there. it physically, if he couldn't do it physically, that's just because he got old. So old. But he knew what he was doing. He's probably the if not. If not, he's one of the best pre-snap quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Yeah, well, according to Bill Guarante-
0: Belichick, Bill Belichick came out this week and uh, said that Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time. That's so. so that's- I, I think I think all of us here, at Patriots speak, can kind of kind of give that a, a nice hello and a <laughs> nice nod to Bill Belichick. But bringing it back to the Patriots, so one thing I also talked about with Chili's that we saw, so you know, they saw they signed Donald Brown this offseason for running back, and running back seems to really be the position that. I think if you look at the entire roster right now, their weakest that I know people are freaking out about like, oh, they didn't really add to the offensive line. Dante Scarnecchia is like the best free agent acquisition they've made all year. Dante Scarnecchia is going to come and completely do that offensive line. So their biggest deficit right now is at running back. And we saw I saw yesterday on the Garrett Blunt Snapchat story that he was in Foxborough kind of parading around. So maybe they're trying to get something done with him. I wouldn't have a problem getting him back. But like... I mean, their running back core right now is James White, Donald Brown, Deion Lewis, and Tyler. That kid, remember that kid from Stanford who still isn't uh, Tyler yeah. Daphne. He hasn't yeah. in the NFL down because he keeps getting hurt. But like their running back core and right James now is Devlin. atrocious. And James Devlin, who's more you know, Mr. Fullback, fullback, but but like so you know their running back core is like is Deion Lewis coming off a torn ACL. That's that's their running back core. Donald Brown's I mean, not going to give you crap.
2: No, Donald Brown. I don't know why he's not going to sign. I don't know why he was signed. He'll probably be. Um, Adrian Wilson from a couple years ago brought Uh, in for preseason. Doesn't make the team. They feel bad for him. Keep him on the IR. But with the Patriots in the backfield, James White and Deion Lewis are kind of the same player. Both of them are better pass catchers than uh, through the middle rushers. They're going to give you the same thing. James White broke out when Deion Lewis went down because of his pass catching ability, which was fantastic. The Patriots needed that. But, you need someone like LeGarrette Blount to rush up the middle between the tackles. That's going to get yards after contact. That's going to just do smash mouth football.
0: Yeah. I really, I really think that they, they need a guy who could just run up right in the middle and kind of like bust some teeth. A person I brought up with uh, the last time uh, we were on, uh, I said this during my solo segment was Derrick Henry. I, I, I think that, and I'll say, I'll, I said this before, uh, like I said, in my earlier segment that like, what a fit Derrick Henry would be on this team. Like, come on. Like, like Belichick and his connections to Alabama, him and Nick Saban are good buddies. Whenever, during the Alabama pro days, Belichick always goes down there, Auburn too, and always kind of does the defensive drills with the uh, with the pro day guys. So, like, why not Derrick Henry? Like, I, they have a couple second-round picks. I still don't think they're going to trade up into the first round. Well, I think that was indicative when you saw, it um, uh, came out this week that the Patriots will not be holding any press conferences for the first round of the draft, which they usually do, but that kind of that should be a good key for some people to tell you that they're just not going to trade up into the draft, into the first round. That it is, but
2: I, I think if you're looking
0: second round running backs, you got to be looking at Derrick Henry, maybe. Got to be looking at someone like um, oh, what's his name? Jordan, uh, I want to say Jordan Coleman. Maybe is his name. He's uh, he's a running back from uh from I want to say Oklahoma. Forget he's a good he's a good player though he never fumbles or something so they need to get a running back in
2: maybe Arian Foster I mean another thing like you said Dion Lewis coming off an ACL Arian Foster coming off an ACL okay. oh Achilles even that's Achilles even rather. yeah he, fair enough and he's thirty too he's older than Dion Lewis that's fair so enough. you have to think about it is the age that even without the injury problems running backs start going downhill unless you're Adrian Peterson. But he, his time's coming soon, I think. But Oh,
0: really? I, do, I, I, think, I, think, I think Adrian Peterson is eternal. I, that that I, guy is, a, is an animal.
2: I don't know. I think Adrian Peterson, age like 33, 34, I think you'll start seeing him oh, well. go down.
0: Yeah, well, Adrian Peterson, when he turns 40, not going to be great at a no. back anymore. But no, I
2: I just think that this is I team, think it's going to come sooner rather than later for Peterson. Maybe even when he's 32. How old is he now? Like 30, 31? I think he's 31. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think this season he'll be fine. Next year, I think, is when... His career is going to have to start coming down. So so one thing, Tom, that I, uh, I wanted to talk to you about. We, I don't think we were together when this trade first
0: happened. We might have been. But there's this really funny thing on Twitter I saw uh, from, I think it was at Patriots Life or something. And it was some guy after the Patriots trade for Martellus Bennett. It was some guy just going, why does everybody in the NFL keep making the Patriots better? You know they're just one piece away from a Super Bowl, and you give them that piece. Like, if you're the Chicago Bears, like, I know they're not in your conference. Like, they don't matter to you. But if you're the if you're someone in the NFL, and you're looking to stay competitive, how can you trade Martellus Bennett? Easily, in my opinion, one of the five best receiving tight ends in all of football. Maybe one of the five best tight ends in football in general. How can you trade him
2: to the Patriots? How? I mean, playing devil's advocate They got like a
0: fourth-round pick.
2: Playing devil's advocate. They need a team. They don't need a star right now. I know they got a fourth-round pick. Well, the Patriots, like you said, are one piece away. With these upper echelon of teams, one player could make the difference. A. Martellus Bennett fills the role that Aaron Hernandez left when he (laughs) was arrested. Uh, Uh, I mean, the Chicago Bears need a full team. You saw that team last year. They're not going far anytime soon. No, they need the young players rather than the aging Martellus Bennett. I mean, he's still what, like late 20s right now? Bennett? I want to say Bennett's like 20, maybe 28. Yeah, exactly. So maybe. So his production will go no, down. No, he's 26. Oh, he's 26? Okay. Yeah, he's.
0: he was one of those crazy young guys because remember he never got that chance in Dallas and forced a trade to the Giants or something.
2: Oh, yeah, know. yeah. Martellus Bennett. I thought he was a little older. My bad. He's just been in either the way. league longer. But either way, Martellus, it's making me start to change my opinion. But I still think Martellus Bennett, he's going to age before they really are able to use what he's capable of giving the Chicago Bears. I don't think the Chicago Bears are anywhere near competing with the likes of the Green Bay Packers or right. Minnesota Vikings they signed right him, now, They were still
0: they were uh, in the middle of that. Yeah, it was before. It was yeah. before
2: everyone realized that Jay Cutler was no good. I mm, I think he's good. I just think he needs to he's, fix something uh, in his head. I, I thought that Adam Gaze I, I would be able to be a Jay
0: Cutler defender. I, I thought, love Jay Cutler. I thought I think Adam he's a Gaze, great
2: quarterback. I thought Gaze would be able to uh, turn him around, but he, one and done for him. It's up to John Fox. Eh, I don't, I don't know. know about it. It might be a little too late. He might have lost his locker room. I mean, and plus, who else do you have? Alshon Jeffrey? I mean, but in the magical opinion of Harris Rubenstein over here, I think Martellus Bennett is in for a
0: massive year. Contract season for Martellus Bennett. He knows that if he does well in New England, he'll be able to get any contract that he wants from any team in the NFL. If he blows it, he's getting nothing. He's not going to get paid a cent. So if he keeps his head on straight, he helps the team win. He gets along with Brady and Gronkowski, and he makes his offense roll. I, I can't tell you how many times last season I was watching this team after like all the injuries happened. And like even when they got healthy in that Denver game, I just looked at this team, and I was like, they need one more piece. And they thought that piece was going to be Scott Chandler, but apparently he was just hampered with so many injuries all year. We saw him with that that Facebook picture, which that uh, showed that he's never going to be able to play football again due to that knee injury. But, I mean... Imagine Martellus Bennett on that team last year. They beat Denver if they Martellus Bennett.
2: I mean, you remember those four, um, those four tight end sets at the beginning of the last. Oh year my that god, they, those were so That they had fun. to get rid of because they didn't have four tight ends Brock, anymore. Mark Chandler, Human... was they? Yeah, they still had and, and Michael Williams. Yeah, and they would just spread them yeah. out all over the place. They those tight sets were time. fantastic. Oh, no one fun. knew how to defend it, but they that had so to stop fun. doing it because they they only had three this, tight ends. They're going to be the best but goal line team in football. I mean, Tom Brady is best when he has two. Big, tight ends to target down the field. I mean, they everyone's harping on, oh, they didn't sign a wide receiver. They need wide receiver depth. Martellus Bennett is pretty much a, wide receiver. a wide receiver. He's basically a humongous wide receiver. Him and Rob Gronkowski are both pretty much wide receivers. Yes, Rob Gronkowski is a fantastic blocker. Yeah, so do Bennett, see, apparently. Yeah, Bennett's a pretty underrated Bennett, blocker, too. Yeah, both of them are great blockers. You don't see but that. No That'll help receiving. there. Yeah, exactly. Bennett might actually be be more of a help to the team than Hernandez was because he's able to block. And on the run game, you put two tight ends on one side and it's Gronk and Bennett, mm-hmm. that blocking will be great. On, on defensive backs, on linebackers, you name it, they're bigger than both. Well, one thing
0: I think they also really needed to do this offseason was find, like the. I think the number one key with, with Martellus Bennett was we need to find a guy who is going to make sure that Rob Gronkowski does not die. Because we saw last year, everyone was targeting Rob Gronkowski because he was the biggest guy on the field. So you have to double and triple team Rob Gronkowski on every play. If you so, imagine this. Imagine on one on one play, five because usually let's say they have a running back in, ready five five receiver set. Edelman, Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett, Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan. Who do you cover? Who do who do you double team? How do you stop that?
2: I think I'd double. I'd probably say double-team Bennett or Gronk, whichever one goes deep. Amendo- you can contain them if they're in, but if both of them go deep, it's going to be hard.
0: Because his first look is Gronk, second is, Am- is Edelman, third is Bennett, fourth is, Am- or fourth is probably going to be Hogan, fifth is Amendola, Hogan and-, Hogan and Amendola, or Amendola, however people want me to say it. Amendola. Amendola, whatever. They don't drop the ball. Edelman's the best wide receiver in the team. is the best tight end in NFL history. And Martellus Bennett's one of the best receiving tight ends in the NFL. Who... If you cover one of them and you leave any one of them open, you're screwed. And then, lol, JK, you take Danny Amendola off the field, Amendola, whatever.
2: And Deion Lewis comes in and also needs to cover him out of the backfield on a screen pass. How do you stop this offense? And you know what else? We didn't say anything. Well, we haven't said it yet. Martellus Bennett's uh, addition to the team will allow Rob Gronkowski to take more snaps off and let him be healthier, fresher during die. the game, and not, not die, die during the season, oh. and fresher during the postseason. Thank God. It's going to be... I, the postseason is where it's going to be. I think the Patriots are going all in right now because Tom Brady is getting up there in age, and they want to win another before... You see what happened to Peyton happens to him. So Tom, i uh last question before we uh
0: before we let's get out of here and we finish off the show. So NFL draft coming up. It's April today. We're recording this on April 8th. April eighth, draft is I want to say May first. So like April thirty-first through like the beginning of May, end of April.
2: If you're the Patriots and you have that second round pick, pick number sixty two, what position do you go? I mean, pick sixty-two, I probably I don't know, I think that we hit on it before. running backs their weakest. However, I think that they do have a lack of depth in cornerback. They've got Coleman, they've got Butler, they've got Ryan. But after that, it starts getting a little thin. And also, linebacker is Freeney the answer for the retiring. Um, well, I think Sh- I think Shane
0: McClellan's the answer. I- I'm big on Shane McClellan, I think Shane McClellan's gonna have a fantastic season. They gave him but, a lot of money,
2: but if you can find a good young oh, linebacker, yeah. try and have a linebacker by committee in that last spot. You obviously start Hightower and Collins, and in sub packages, it with um, mm-hmm. only two linebackers, it's Hightower and Collins. But I think either linebacker, cornerback for depth because they need it, they've really only got three. Coleman showed flashes of being able to be a third corner last he just year, kept but. Hurt. Yeah, he kept getting hurt. And there, I mean, there's not really much more yeah. on the team. And then running back Lewis and, Lewis and uh, White are pretty much well, the same thing. Well, I think they're going to do since, you know, I'm not saying if they had a first round
0: pick, they'd still be doing this. But knowing that they don't have a first round pick, I think that what they're going to do, you have to look at your team or your draft picks and go, okay, we're not to the end of the second round. We have four picks in the top 100. All those picks, if they can nail those picks, all those picks can be really good depth guys. Because the, the biggest problem that they had last season when people went down, it wasn't even the lack of depth. It was the lack of potential replacements to those injuries. So when someone went down, they didn't really have a young stud that could step up and and take over that job for the next season. The only person that they did do that was Malcolm Brown. Once Malcolm Brown came in, he solidified that number two D tackle spot. If they go into the season next year, Malcolm Brown's not starting, I personally would be surprised because I thought Malcolm Brown had a and had an immaculate end of the season oh, last year. He was fantastic. Playoffs. He was incredible. You can't run the ball on him. So I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think running back will be the way to go. But I think you're gonna see a lot, a lot of defensive backups that they're gonna draft. Yeah, I think I honestly
2: games. think that um running back more for they need someone who can run up the middle. However, I think that it's gonna Bill Belichick likes to pick defensive players high on in the draft. You've seen that more so, more often than not, it seems like he's drafting either a defensive player or an offensive lineman. And I honestly think that you look at it, you only have three cornerbacks. What happens if one goes down? That's where he's going to go, I believe. I feel that. I Feel that. all right. Well, Tom Little, thank you for joining us again on Patriots Beat. Want
0: to thank Shalice Manz Young also for joining us for a second time. Wonderful friend of the show, but. For Tom Little, I'm Harris Rubenstein. We'll be back on the air in a couple weeks, just to uh, give you more of our beautiful voices, but I'm Harris Rubenstein. Have a great weekend.